My personal favorite guest star of the season is Billy D. Williams as Billy D. Williams <laughs> in Expose. Right. Um, absolutely iconic. Like, how absolutely chaotic and random. Uh, I just loved it, and I thought it was phenomenal. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and we don't have a fun fact this episode because it's not an episode, I realize. It's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of episodes. Our fun facts are all of our opinions that we're going to talk about later. All right, Casey, your turn. All right. Um, I did um switch up my bio by like a sentence. Oh, okay. To make Perfect. it a little less wordy. <clears throat> my name is Casey Wall. I'm a 25-year-old writer from Rhode Island. I like sapphic ships and collecting plants. You can follow me on Twitter at CaseyWatchesTV or at LFCandleCo where I make pop culture inspired candles. Um, and today is a round table, which means we have two guests. Um, the first one we're going to introduce is Blanche! Yay! <laughs> my name is Sheila Dilly, probably more well known to your listeners knows as Blanche. I'm a 21-year-old dog walker from Massachusetts, and I love all things pop culture. I love it. I love how you had what had like a whole thing. I love it. Thank you. And so can you talk a little bit about, we've, we've recently had you on the Riverdale podcast, if people yes. have been paying attention to the Riverdale podcast, but can you explain your relationship to this show? Absolutely. So I watched Lost for the first time when I was 13, so almost 10 years ago now. At the time, I had just transferred to a new school, and I didn't really have any friends for that whole year but I remember coming home and watching Lost and Person of Interest on repeat and those were like the two shows that made me feel a lot less alone I genuinely don't know what I would have done without it Juliet especially I really felt a connection with her character because she was alone too when you think about it because like she didn't belong to the survivors yeah for sure she didn't really belong to the others and we were both in places where we didn't want to be so watching her made me feel a lot better about where I was and Lost was also the show that made me fall in love with television it was the show that I wholeheartedly fell in love with and I remember after I finished it I was like binge watching all these other shows left and right trying to find one that was as good and of course like there's no show like Lost (laughs) though you set the bar so high I know So if uh, your favorite character is likely Juliet, can you tell us any of your other favorite characters? Yes. So Juliet's probably at the top of my list because she's like the best in my eyes. But probably Kate and Saeed. They're both pretty close seconds. Mm Mm-hmm. Good choices. Yeah. And if anyone wants to follow you, where can they follow you? Um, you can find me at Blanket Juice on Instagram or at Circle Lady on Tumblr. Though, disclaimer, as I said on the Riverdale podcast, I'm not very active on either anymore. Honestly, good for you. I wish I could step away from social media, but I'm simply not that person. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Great. Well, we do have a second guest, which is Leah. Yay! Yay! Hi, my name is Leah. And I'm a 25-year-old music therapist from Niles, Michigan. I love Disney, jigsaw puzzles, and music of all sorts. Perfect. Awesome. I love that. And can you tell us, say, I mean, same questions, uh, uh, your thoughts on Lost? So Lost was one of my family's favorite shows when me and my siblings were still at home. And I can't remember when I started watching it, but I do remember watching it live when the season six came out. And we had like Ooh, also a Lost uh, finale party. So, yeah. um, And then in 2013, I had spinal fusion surgery um, and rewatched all of Lost during that, during my recovery. And it just like brought me out of being in pain and (laughs) exhausted. (laughs) Now, hold on. Let me ask you a very important question. As somebody who has had spinal surgery, would Mm -hmm. you trust Jack Shepard to do your spinal surgery? (laughs) (laughs) I actually maybe... (laughs) 
like season one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of depends on the time in Jack's life. <laughs> yeah, when I when I saw that, I remembered that Jack was a spinal surgeon. I was like, oh, he knows exactly what I did when I got <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> but yeah, definitely season one, Jack. I don't know about any of the other seasons <laughs> yeah so yeah um and then through that or during that time I got a teddy bear from my um church and I named it Vincent after the dog oh I love that that's yeah. so cute <laughs> so so Vincent is definitely one of my favorite characters great that transitions perfectly into yeah. what are your other favorite characters yeah. <laughs> um Charlie and Hurley Desmond and Juliet um as well as many others that I always forget about i always forget about the later season characters like mm-hmm. faraday and miles yeah. <laughs> but those are fun characters too mm-hmm. that's what you get when it's such a big ensemble cast yeah yeah <laughs> it's like oh I forgot that person was there mm-hmm. perfect and so if anyone wants to follow you where can they follow you so i'm on instagram at leia han solo nine incredible it's... username yes because yeah. <laughs> i'm i First name is always mispronounced as Leia, and then my set, mm. my last name, Hanstra, is always mispronounced as Hanstra. Oh my god, I love that. Oh, there you go. So, Aww. and I'm also a little bit of a Star Wars fan, so Leia Han Solo and then nine is my favorite number. So, perfect. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Leia, Leia Han Solo nine, as well as Twitter, but I like barely on Twitter, and then TikTok is Leah's Disney journey and I'm watching like all the Disney movies ever created. Ooh, wow. that's incredible. So <laughs> yeah, I'm like 263 movies into that. Oh um, my God. <laughs> Do you know how many movies there are total? Uh, there's like 1400 oh, that are my God. either out or coming out soon. What? Yeah, I guess it never ends, huh? No, no. (laughs) are you going in order? No, I I did start in order, and then I was then I got to Treasure Island, uh, 1950, and I was like, I cannot do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so now I just do random. Ooh, totally random. That's so cool. That's nice. You get to do whatever you want. Yep, yep. And then also, I have Spotify and make a bunch of Spotify playlists. Um, at LB Hamstra. Uh, which is H-A-N-S-T-R-A. Perfect. Love yeah. that. Awesome. Well, I thank both of you for joining us today. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, Casey, I believe it's your it's your go. Woohoo. Today we have words to say about season three of Lost. It's the round table. Oh my God. <laughs> season three. All right. So we've all kind of thought up some topics of conversation to have and everything. So basically, I've already told them about this, but I'm kind of going to be here to facilitate. I'll give a couple of opinions and stuff, but I have been on every episode of uh of this season but um the other three of them have not so we want to hear their opinions because you guys have heard enough of mine so i think now i was trying to decide if i want to do it the order that we have it written here or if we want to do maybe we could do some of these shorter ones first so let's do favorite episodes of the season oh my god so i think my favorite episodes of the season um i have a really soft spot for glass ballerina i think that the flashbacks are really really cool and interesting and then also sawyer and kate have that like really romantic kiss in the where they're like building the runway so i really love that one and as a skate chipper i do is a standout for that as well um trisha tanaka obviously uh expose but uh, you you guys tell me what yours are my favorite episodes definitely episode one tale of two cities i mean that Mm -hmm. cold open Mm -hmm. chef's kiss 
can't beat it. I think it is so true. a like phenomenal work of television. Not in Portland because it's my oh. brand. Love me some Juliet. Flashes before your eyes. Absolutely mm-hmm. genius. Trisha Chinaka is dead. I- iconic. The van. I mean, amazing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, expose. Um, definitely an expose apologist. Me too. One of us. And I think that's it. Those are my like top top. But there are so many good yeah. episodes in this season. And as I was writing them down, I was like, it's weird because I feel like when talking about like Lost as a whole, like no one's ever really like, oh yeah, season three, my favorite season. Like, you know, it's just like in the middle and we're still like meeting new characters and building up towards a lot of stuff, but we're not really like fully into the story, you know, like we're kind of building up towards like the climax of the series right it's like it's kind of just like in the middle but when you look at like individual episodes there are so many like iconic standout episodes like all in season three right and that's why i always say is i'm just like i think that season five is my favorite because it has the best like overall arc but season three has the best like amount of standalone episodes that's so true I, th- I think that's correct. All right. Why don't we just go in order of how we um, introduce Blanche? What are your thoughts? My favorite episode maybe of the whole series is 301. Mm. Yes. I just love that it's the introduction to Juliet. I love that Sarah's in the flashback mm-hmm. and everything is just so nostalgic about it. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I also love 311. 315 is so fun. I love the premise so much. And I love 316. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, can you remind me what 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 episodes those are? Yes. So 311 is Enter 77. Oh, yeah. I I have like a lot of notes on those. I didn't realize that we were going to be like um just listing them off. Mm. Well, I mean, feel free if you want to go go more in depth. Oh, yes, please share. Please share the notes. Okay. All right. So Enter 77, I think the flashback is so powerful. Mm. I was really young the first time I saw it, so I don't think I really understood the depth of it. But when I rewatched it a couple months ago, I was just so moved and conflicted. It just raises so many questions. Like, does Saeed deserve to be killed for torturing this woman? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you put yourself in her husband's shoes and mm-hmm. you say absolutely. And I just kept looking at it from this guy's point of view. Like, somebody tortured this woman that he's in love with, so of course he's furious. Like, of course mm-hmm. he wants to kill him. And I'd be in that same place. But when you look at it as an audience member and you're like, that's Saeed. He's a good person. He is. <laughs> that's my man. Yeah. yeah. And we as the audience know that's true. But like, how would this woman's husband? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that monologue at the end by that woman who yeah. straight up never comes back again. Insane. Yeah. It was so powerful. Yeah. And that's easily one of the most, like, impactful moments, like, of the series, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Especially in Saeed's story. Definitely. 315 is left behind. Mm. Where Kate and Juliet wake up handcuffed to each other. That's so fun. Perfect. And then Kim Dickens being in the flashback. And it's, like, the story of how Kate and Cassidy first met. Who were in love, Mm. by the way. Who were obviously in love. Yeah. Literally. Exactly. They could have been... The Bonnie and Clyde of, like, the mid-2000s. <laughs> they should have. It's what we deserved. Yeah. And then One of Us is probably my favorite Juliet episode. Mm. I think it really showcases, like, how much of a monster that Ben was. And I mean, of course, I love watching Michael Emerson no matter what. But Ben is truly, like, despicable. And I say that mostly with Juliet in mind. But I feel like that was never really talked about enough like he was so gross and possessive of her it's true yeah it wasn't talked about enough i completely agree yeah right and those you that's your list that's your faves yes perfect all right leah your thoughts all right my favorites are um flashes before your eyes Mm -hmm. uh, because i love 
I do love anything Desmond. And that is also like a really cool, just a really cool episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Enter 77, every time I watch it, I'm reminded of the, the best blooper in all of, in all of Lost. (laughs) Of of, uh, not every nook and cranny, John. (laughs) Um, And so that's definitely one of my favorites, not just because of that, but also just like what you guys were saying that it has very powerful um, backstory and Mm -hmm. flashbacks and stuff like that. Yeah. I do like Expose. Yes. It's definitely a good one. And Greatest Hits. That's the one I forgot to mention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Greatest Hits is so good. I rewatched it recently and I was like, almost crying the whole time <laughs> well it's such a cool change up of format as well yeah that's yeah. true yeah and then i also think that this is one of the best finales oh yeah as well all the finales Definitely. are always great but i would say it's like one of the best finales in like ever <laughs> and any tv i yeah. mean maybe i'm biased but it's just <laughs> like just the way they build up charlie's story from the very beginning of the season and then wrap it up so well it's like mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. when when will other shows ever they will yeah <laughs> All right, yep. so let's move on to the next one. Not to get too negative, but I think there are two episodes in particular that we want to talk about for least favorite episodes of the season. <laughs> so why don't we start with the obvious one and we can all say it together and, and including our audience, everyone all, all, with me. Stranger in a strange <laughs> land. Stranger in a strange land. <laughs> strange land. Strange land. <laughs> so I was on the Stranger in a Strange Land podcast, so everyone knows my opinions, but what do you guys think? I think it's no good. I think it's garbage. I think it's hot, steaming garbage. We don't do cultural appropriation in this year, 2022. Mm-hmm. Get it out. Get get it away. Agreed. Yeah. I, I do think the island storyline is interesting, though. This is true. But the flashbacks. Yeah, there's something there. Yeah. The fa- flashbacks are just so bad. Exactly. They're so bad. So bad. But it mars the rest of it, you know? It doesn't even make sense in his like storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It makes no sense. In Jack's storyline. Adds nothing of value. No good. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but those were Matthew Fox's real tattoos, right? <laughs> yes. So yeah. why would they write an episode about that? <laughs> yeah. Especially because, like, also, like, you know, we, we meet Isabel that episode and she never comes back and doesn't yeah. anything, even though they, like, introduce her as, like, the sheriff or something. That is the most frustrating thing to me. And she's like, here is what your tattoos mean. And, like, no, they don't. They don't, though. <laughs> like, straight up, no, they don't. Like, that's straight up not what they say in in that language. Right. Y- you know, like, anybody who reads that language, it's, like, it's kind of alienating to, like, anybody who is able to read that language because they're just like that's straight up not what it says and they're just basically lying to english speakers basically they're all just gonna believe it it's so bad it's so bad and oh just the addition of isabel for that one episode is so frustrating to me so frustrating why do we never see her again what what is her what is her use i it makes me angry uh any other thoughts on stranger in a strange land aside from get it out no okay (laughs) i do want to give a shout out to stranger in a strange land for being the reason why abc disney was like okay you can have an end date this is so true because that really changed it up it was the this show is perfect because they were able to end it the way they wanted to yeah because they they had that knowledge because they were able able to take their time and and use that time the way they wanted. Because up until now, TV shows were like, uh, okay, well, if it's popular, just keep making it. Yeah, and that's why we still have Grey's Anatomy. Not really caring about the story that they were telling. Not Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> At Supernatural, what happened? Yeah, didn't that like just end? Yeah. Oh, he was like, God. what, 13 seasons or something? End TV shows when they need to be ended. Yeah. Well, the other episode that we wanted to talk about was Further Instructions. I hate this episode. Okay. Every time I watch it, I hate it more and more. And I remember the first time I watched it, I like didn't really think about it. I was like, um, that's not great. Just makes me feel sad. But then the next time I watched it, I'm pretty sure I texted Robin and I was like, I think I hate further instructions. And you were like, yeah, that's totally valid. Yeah, totally. I don't like it. So that's the episode where Locke is like randomly at a commune and he gets tricked by some guy and oh look Locke has a tragic backstory like we know this and yeah this never comes up again in like Locke's backstory f- forward story like this never comes up again and it just makes me feel sad and mad and I don't like it yeah I agree and I even think like the island storyline it's like yes. just kind of out of place because it's like Locke isn't talking and then he goes on a spirit journey or I can't remember what what they call it but something like that and then Boone is there and then it's just like a lot of flashing lights yeah it's um and then they and then they weirdly go and like save Echo from a polar bear cave like it the episode just didn't really make sense on either front yeah it didn't make sense I think it could have I think especially where it's placed like in season three it could have been so much more than it was and like mm-hmm. you know really dug into this whole lock quote-unquote communing with the island thing like because we know that lock has this like special relationship to the island but we we don't really know why we don't really see a lot of that yet but we know it's yeah. there and i think they tried to address that this episode but i just don't think it landed the way they intended so i don't like it i don't like I don't love the island storyline, and like I said, the flashbacks just make me upset. Mm-hmm. Is that the one where Echo dies? He dies. Echo dies in three hundred five. I think the next oh, episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, or it's the it's two episodes from there. It's uh, the cost of living. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. got you. Yeah. Between uh, that, is... and that's another episode that I would have mentioned oh. as something that I didn't care for, but having Aaron on that episode really sort of like changed my mind but in the past that's definitely been one where I'm just like okay yeah Mm -hmm. listening to that episode if you have not listened to that episode oh my god so good Erin has so many good thoughts and I think her thoughts really help do justice to like how Echo's storyline wraps up yeah it's so good like in the context of how she talked about it Mm -hmm. I was like oh this kind of gives me peace yeah yeah. Are there any other episodes that you guys wanted to mention other than Stranger in a Strange Land and, and further instructions? Now that I'm looking at the episode lineup, um, Every Man for Himself is in between mm. Further Instructions and The Cost of Living. And I realized that I also hate parts of that episode. I wouldn't say the whole mm. episode, but that's the episode where Sawyer gets his like, what's it called? A, not a pedometer. What the heck? A Oh, uh, the pacemaker. 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 <laughs> pedometer oh my god i hate myself um (laughs) yeah i hate that whole procedure scene i hate that it's all just a big lie Lie. to try and make sawyer go crazy i just i i hate it i hate the way sawyer's treated in that episode it makes me sad so yeah really basically torture yeah those three episodes are like maybe like a low a low little dip Mm. But I, w- I wouldn't say any of them are like objectively terrible, aside from maybe further instructions. I don't like that episode. But I would also say that what I like about that is that these episodes aren't really like 
in succession, really. You know, like, I think in season two, there was a bit of a dip Mm -hmm. in episodes that are, like, actively extremely interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Stranger to Strange Land is sandwiched in between Flashes Before Your Eyes and Trisha Tanaka. Right. It's like, like, if you're suffering, you're not suffering for very long. Yes. All right, let's see here. All right. I think that we, I don't know how how far we need to go into this because I think that we all agree, but can we all agree that Expose is amazing? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think hard, yes. I think so too. (laughs) It is... Like, I can totally understand the viewpoint from, like, the people who are watching Lost Live at the time. Yes. And, like, you get this random episode in the midst of all this, like, insane stuff happening. It's like, I wasted a week. About these two random characters. And it's like, this sucks. Now I have to wait two weeks until I care about anything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I can totally empathize with that. But, like, just watching it now, I think it is genius i think everything about the way it's written and like just what it adds to like the the depth of the characters is genius i think it's so smart i think it's such a clever episode and it's also like so fun and just like a really interesting way to like just get a glimpse at what is happening with all these like random peripheral characters because like that's what they asked for that's what the audience asked for there's a lot yeah exactly i also forget like when nikki and paolo start to like show up i always forget mm-hmm. like when they do and like they, yeah, they just get sprinkled in yeah they get sprinkled <laughs> in like beginning of the season and i'm like what like what are these people <laughs> like i i always just think that they are yeah it's, they just like weave it in so well that like mm-hmm. the episode like explains so much <laughs> yeah when you see like the backwards like you know episodes ago when paolo was in the bathroom we were like mm-hmm. ha 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 he went to the bathroom and then when you see expose you're like holy crap <laughs> oh my yeah. god There's so many mm-hmm. things going behind the scenes it is a masterpiece yeah. it's so smart and it, it mm-hmm. just makes you wonder like what is going on in the lives of yeah. all these other people Right, exactly. There are so many other more other survivors, and I think it's so fun that they chose some new ones to focus on. And also, yeah. the ending is haunting. <gasps> oh my gosh, the ending! Crazy. Oh, so it's a masterpiece. Uh... <laughs> it's so good. It's such a great bottle episode. Yeah, it's so good. It's just so clever. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't, just can't even imagine like shows today trying to like replicate that formula. Like maybe a big ensemble show where they have a bunch of like extra characters. I can't imagine them. trying trying to like replicate the genius of expose like in their own show i don't know i'm biased so why don't we move on to some of our favorite moments and scenes this season let's do it yeah let's go um uh blanche you have thoughts i definitely do so the opening of 301 Mm -hmm. yes i think casey had talked about it a little bit but this is honestly like again one of my favorite scenes in the whole show when i think about season three like my mind automatically goes to that scene and i love that we mm-hmm. open with juliet as this stranger where it doesn't really even seem like she's on the island and then later in 316 we get like a little bit of backstory as to like why she was crying i also love like the song that they play downtown mm-hmm. like it always makes me think of girl interrupted oh yeah i love that her favorite book is carrie Carrie is my favorite Stephen King piece, so I love that for both of us. And it's also like a story about feeling isolated, so it makes sense that she connects to it. Mm -hmm. And there's also something to say about how she takes that loneliness and frustration and does the opposite of what Carrie does. I mean, spoiler alert for Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) They're both very battered down characters and where like Carrie kind of 
snaps and kills a bunch of people despite everything she's been through like Juliet always puts other people first and she takes Mm -hmm. care of them and she always does the right thing in the end yeah is that your number that's your number one yes I have more go ahead there's another scene in the finale where it's during the flash forward and I think it might be the moment where we find out it's a flash forward and not Mm. a flashback but don't hold me to that Robin let me know if I'm wrong where Sarah comes to pick up Jack at the hospital Mm. and you find out that she's pregnant Mm -hmm. get Jack (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I hate him sometimes and I hate the way he treated her and I was just happy that she was finally happy and that he also had to see that I think uh, when when we find out it's a flash forward is like at the very very end when we see that Kate that he's knows Kate oh got you but I think that that moment is really cool because they're using Sarah as a way to try and convince us that it's a flashback mm-hmm. right yeah that's good stuff yeah I love the cat story in 311 oh yeah again it's just very powerful Hurley and Juliet sitting on the beach in one of us mm-hmm. I just love like these cute little moments that she gets to have when she's on the island because there aren't a lot of them there's also like a, a quick scene in the finale where she and Sawyer are talking on their way back to the beach yeah and he was like why are you having us build a runway and she's like for the aliens oh. Oh my god, mm-hmm. iconic line. I just love her. <laughs> She's so funny. I love that. You guys should, I got to make a gif of that because I post gifs of all of our favorite line awards on <gasps> Tumblr. Um, so I don't think as we're recording it's out yet, but it's coming out in the next couple of days here on our Tumblr. Um, so definitely go and check it out because that sure was a really fun one to give. That's so exciting. Because I love how her face is so serious and then she laughs. It's so <laughs> cute. It's so good. She's so funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's all of my favorite scenes. Sweet. All right, Leah, you got some? Um, I have a few. I didn't write any down. But that's okay. In Flashes Before Your Eyes, just the way that they like, I mean, I guess it's not like specific scenes, but like the way that they put in different things from the uh, hatch into the episode, like the numbers and oh mm-hmm. yeah, and the sounds and everything. I really like that. Flashes Before Your Eyes is another masterpiece mm-hmm. of this season, I think. Yes, for sure. And there's another one that I was thinking can't think of <laughs> right now that's okay if you if you remember it let me know mm-hmm. and uh and we'll and we'll get back yep. to you uh Casey did you want to do yours sure I am also a big fan of the episode one cold open as I Mm -hmm. said I mean I guys honestly I'm just so grateful that Robin gave me the heads up to record my reaction to it the first time (laughs) it's one of my favorite clips of myself because when you see that plane oh my god no even before that when you see Ethan that's when oh yeah like it starts hitting the fan oh my god right because you're like who's this lady yeah it's (laughs) so good i think it's so smart and i think it is like just like the season two cold open with desmond Mm -hmm. i think it's just like another absolutely iconic character introduction like hands down the best character introductions into in the series i know that they couldn't keep it up but i'm just like ah come on (laughs) you know "Ah." like those are the only two but like i wish they had kept going so good so good i mean they just they set the bar so high yeah but it is amazing that they were able to do that twice, actually. Yeah. Also love, obviously, the van scene in Trisha Chnaka's dead. Yes. Aww. That was 
that was the one the other one that i had too (laughs) the moment of pure joy it's so good and it's just like it's everything that i love about this show because it's like these people are literally on a deserted island with these crazy people trying to kill them but there's joy like it's not Mm -hmm. all dark i love that i love everything about not in portland but especially juliet's backstory with richard rachel oh yeah yeah yeah. oh and richard yeah obviously but i really love getting to see her interact with her sister and just like we learn so much about who juliet is as a person Mm -hmm. in how she interacts with her sister and i just i love it it makes me cry what else um i love in par avion the scene at the end with charlie and claire releasing the bird Mm. with the note where like charlie does like a voiceover like I don't love that episode as a whole, but I love that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's another really like beautiful moment for Charlie over the course of this season. What else? Oh, I also wrote down that my toxic trait is being a simp for skate in the cages. Yep. <laughs> just all of those scenes. So true. The feminism just leaves my body, okay? I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Like, do I know in my soul that Suliet is a better and more feminist option? Yes. Yes. But- there's something about Skate that just gets to me, okay? There is just something about those cages between them. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. It's the angst. It's, it's the, the angst, angst for me, okay? Yeah. It's the angst. Yeah. I am. It's my, we all have flaws, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also wrote down, I don't do taco night. I think it is. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. My favorite line to just like randomly quote like in my life, Mm -hmm. just the absolute sheer chaos in Kate's eyes, the passion with which she feels that line. I don't do taco night. I mean, iconic. She really put her whole chest into that. Literally. I just think it's iconic and funny. And lastly, I have Charlie's Greatest Hits. Um, and mm. getting to see all of those moments. I think the way that they shot those and edited them is so beautiful. And I think the way that they thought so carefully about like what would Charlie's like best moments in his life be. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were all so accurate. And like I also loved how they weren't all like these huge, big, massive moments. Like sometimes they were just like small, special things. Right. There's such a big difference between what you think that somebody else's greatest hits would be and what they would consider their greatest hits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, some people would probably have, like, other things for Charlie, like, oh, your first time playing on stage, but, like, no, for Charlie, it was the first time he heard himself on the radio. Like, just the Mm -hmm. first time he thought he would make it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I think there are so many incredible scenes in this uh, season, and like I said, like, you look at the season as a whole, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's a good season, but you look at, like, these standout moments, and it's like, oh, my God, so many, like, absolutely iconic moments happen in this season yeah totally agree yeah leah did you think of any of the other ones that uh that you wanted to mention uh the the van was a good one yes that Um, was another one that i was going to mention if no one else did yeah yeah (laughs) it's just so pure i feel like that whole episode is like so yeah yeah a great moment yeah i completely agree all right let's see here i'm just looking at a list of of episodes here i already mentioned the stuff with kate and sawyer working on the runway in glass ballerina but glass ballerina was like my number one favorite episode for a long time because of that especially that kiss you guys it's called romance it's romance it's so romantic okay <laughs> let's see here um yeah i do the I th- is i do i think it is i do is kate damn it run yes also iconic <laughs> two of the most iconic lines oh chills every time yes 
Um, yes, Trisha Tanaka is dead in all the cat monologue in Enter 77. Uh, part, the end of part Avion where we see Jack playing football with Friendly. Oh, that's that episode, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's also a big, like a huge gasp. Also, seeing how Locke got paralyzed. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. In The Man from Tallahassee. And a lot of Locke and Ben's conversations in Man from Tallahassee. <laughs> Great. That's, that's just crazy. <laughs> uh, we mentioned already, but the end of Expose is absolutely insane. Oh, learning that Anthony Cooper is Sawyer in the brig. Uh, yeah, pretty insane. Seeing how Ben came to be, the flashbacks in Man Behind the Curtain. Mm, yeah. Is that the one with Carrie Preston? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, her playing Ben's mom. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, greatest hits and uh, just a huge shout out to Charlie's death in Through the Looking Glass. Yeah. Life changing. Let's just do our standout characters this season. Um, Let's start with Leah. You haven't gone first yet this time. Echo is a standout Mm -hmm. character. Because, I mean, he goes away, which is mm-hmm. sad. He goes away. Uh, <laughs> oh. I, I was, I, Echo is definitely also one of my favorites. Mm. And, yeah, when I saw him during Cost of Living, like, that, that's always the one of my least favorite episodes because of that. You're right. Um, and then Charlie is, a, is of course, yes. a standout character as well as Desmond because of everything he does yeah. with Charlie. And I forgot, like, how early on he had his flashes. Like, right. is, like, the first or second episode where you find out that he's having these flashes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, Juliet is definitely a standout character. Mm-hmm. For sure. Certainly. So true. I do like her a lot in this season and beyond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and, of course, Nikki and Paolo. Oh. <laughs> Can't forget those yeah. icons. Obviously. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, standout characters of the series, one would argue. Of course. Of the whole series, yeah. (laughs) Obviously. All right, great. Uh, uh, Blanche. Definitely Juliet. Yes. I think this was like the season where I really started to fall in love with the show. And Juliet was definitely a big part of that. And then Sawyer, probably. This is like, this is kind of the season where he he admits he's in love with Kate, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Yes, they say I love you to each other. Yeah. Right. The angst. I know. That's a big moment. Yeah. This is kind of where I started to like Sawyer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also Sarah in the flashback. I'll talk more about that later, though. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that Sarah shadow. Yeah. Uh, Casey. Um, okay. Obviously, Charlie. I mean, yes. Such a killer season for him, especially after the uh garbage trash monsters of season two for him. Yeah, the the garbage things of season two, yeah. Charlie. Yeah, Ooh. it's just this is such a good season for that character. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Julia. I mean, come on, from the moment we meet her, it's just like, ugh. I am in love with you. Love at first sight. Literally yeah. love at first sight. I I knew the moment I met her, I was ready to dedicate my life to her. Aww. Haven't turned back. And, you know, it's been a great ride. I also wrote down Richard Alpert. Yes, who, we meet Richard. Of course, we meet for the first time this season and not in Portland. And I just think he is like, from the moment we meet him, he's so captivating. And like, you can never... Right, and enigmatic. Yes. Like, what's his story? Yes, literally, we... We know so little about him, but in every interaction he has with Locke and with Ben and with Juliet, it's like, 
but there's so much here and like you just want to know all about him oh and in um man behind the curtain uh yeah. hello it's like all right ben you're quite young richard albert you mm-hmm. haven't aged today sir exactly what's this what's happening there so what's what's going on there so super excited to continue to see richard and i also wrote down alex yeah because Aww. we meet her for the first time this season and like from the moment we meet her it's just like oh you are everything like we know for pretty much from the moment we meet her that it's danielle's child and mm-hmm. you know we get to kind of see how she's alive and we get Oh, we get to see her and her mom's reunion, which is just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think she is just such, she's such a dynamic character. She adds so much like, ah, just like energy to the story. And especially when she's interacting with Ben, it's like, there's so much like tension. And oh, I just, I love her so much. And I love that we uh, get to meet her and that she gets to meet her mom. That I, yeah. like imagine if she never got, oh, if she never got to meet her mom. That would have been so sad. Okay. Yeah, I love her. Yeah, I um definitely Juliet, obviously. Definitely Charlie, obviously. I also wanted to give a shout out to Ben because he made us have so many questions in season two. Mm-hmm. And season three is kind of a lot about answering some of those questions. Um, Because I think season one is about the crash. Season two is about the hatch. Season three is about the others. Mm-hmm. And so I love That's that just... we're getting mm-hmm. so much, so many answers about the others that we've been wondering about for two full seasons yeah yeah and then uh, i think it was leah who mentioned echo but yeah definitely echo he left a huge mark um after he left yeah desmond charlie yeah we already talked about all these things i think right can i also maybe this is an unpopular opinion but i do want to give a shout out to jack who said he was going to try and get them off the island and he did it you know like he he got them in the finale he got them up to that radio tower he got the phone answered i guess i'm just kind of I'm, I'm proud of him sometimes he didn't always have the best of intentions but he did the thing that he said he was gonna do you know he sure did yeah it's true i think this like is the season mm, well i don't know i was gonna say that this might be like where my opinions on jack kind of start to change but he's got a little a little bit more work a little more to go yeah but there's definitely like we're getting sprinkles of like how Jack is evolving as a character on the island. And like, especially mm-hmm. in what we see of the flash forward so far, we're starting to see like, or we're getting hints that we'll see who Jack is off the island, like after the mm-hmm. island. And I think that is something that is very interesting going into season four, like something yeah. uh, to look out for and kind of just Jack's evolution as a whole. I think this season, especially starting, starting the season at the others camp and then you know letting kate and sawyer go and just wanting to get off the island like i think he goes through a lot of very defining moments for his character this season Mm -hmm. um that will come to impact his choices going forward yeah so blanche messaged me about this one that she wanted to add in which was favorite guest stars slash favorite flashback characters so blanche why don't you start us out on that one since that was your idea okay so julie bowen obviously one of my favorite actors ever modern family is like my ultimate comfort show and she played my Mm. favorite character on that show but Modern Family is a comedy show, so I think it can really overshadow her talent. Not that being a comedy actor isn't incredible, but she can also do these, like, really gritty, dramatic scenes, which we get to see in Lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know it's not in season three, but the scene where she's talking to Jack after the car crash is so heart-wrenching. She's just 
so crazy talented and i love her i wish we got to see more of her actual character like Mm -hmm. we never really got to see what she and jack were like in their prime like we Mm -hmm. saw their wedding and how they met and after they broke up but like what were they like as a couple like if i knew what jack was like which i'm assuming was not great because he was such a freak in the episodes (laughs) where they were divorced um right and plus and they both cheated on each other yeah but like, we just would have had so much more insight when we mm-hmm. find out that she's leaving him. But yeah, I think Julie's great. And also, everyone should listen to her podcast because she's wonderful. Mm, what's it called? Um, It's called Quitters. Ooh. So yeah. um, That was my answer, too. When when you said favorite guest stars. With Sarah. I, I was like, oh, it has to be Sarah. Yeah. Um, so that was the number one that I had. What were your thoughts on her? I mean, like you said, it's not in season three, but the moment in season two, those... That episode, uh, I think it's Man uh, Man of Science, Man of Faith, 201, Mm -hmm. where, like, that's Jack's best flashbacks. Um, Yeah. Like, the best flashback for for Jack. And the part where, you know, he's like, oh, I hurt my ankle while I was running in a stadium. And she was like, sucks. And she's, like, in a hospital bed with, like, a broken back. (laughs) And she's like, oh, too freaking bad, man. Yeah. (laughs) But But she says it in such a deadpan way that, like, it makes you, it makes you, like, shiver almost. You're just like, oh. Yikes, yeah. yeah, somebody didn't think about that before they said something, you know, <laughs> but like, so yeah, just huge, huge love to to Sarah, especially I mean, in 301 as well, when she's like, when he's going crazy when they're getting divorced. I loved I think, yeah, there was a co- commentary for that episode. And um, Damon and Damon and Liz were on there. And um, Damon was basically talking about how like, you know, Jack is their protagonist. But they were <laughs> like, we wanted him to seem like crazy unhinged this episode. We didn't want him to be the good guy in these flashbacks, which I thought was really interesting. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah, exactly. The only other one that I wanted to mention was the, um, well, first of all, uh, Eloise in Flashes Before Your Eyes. Oh, as well mm. as the woman who did the cat monologue in Enter Seven Seven. So true. Yeah. yeah, and I think uh, other than that, maybe I want to give a shout out to the guy who plays Roger Linus. Uh, he's so mm. deeply unlikable. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think he does a really good job. I think, like, that must have been a very unique challenge trying to cast someone to play Ben's dad. Like, Mm -hmm. the most influential, like, male in his life. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought he did a very good job because he's so unlikable. But there's also just, like, this, like, complete, like, brokenness to him. Yeah. Like, he literally just, after he lost his wife, he has no hope for anything. And, like... like I understand how he got here but there's also that's not an excuse yeah exactly exactly and I think like that must have been such an interesting challenge acting wise because it's like you can play this character just like I'm just this deadbeat dad who hates my son but he has just like just like a layer of emptiness where it's not like Mm -hmm. outright hatred it's just like bleakness I don't I don't really know how to describe it but I I thought he did a really great job my Casey do you have any anymore yeah go ahead um yes my personal favorite guest star of the season is billy d williams as billy d williams (laughs) (laughs) in expose right um absolutely iconic like how absolutely chaotic and random uh i just loved it and i thought it was phenomenal that's my boy amazing great um leah do you have any anything to add uh not really i don't really know I don't really know all the guest stars that were on in season three. Right. But I I agree that Julie Bowen is a great guest star. (laughs) Yeah, she's Mm -hmm. definitely a standout. Very true. I actually do have one more. Okay. Um, Cassidy? 
amazing. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also, since you guys were talking, and I know that we said that we didn't really care for further instructions, but the kid who plays Eddie in the flashbacks for that one, I think he does a really good job. Oh, he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With what he's given. He uh he definitely tricked me. I, yeah. He was so sincere. And mm. then you find out like he's an undercover cop and it's like, oh, my yeah. boy. Isn't that the, the guy from Shameless? He looks very familiar. I've never seen Shameless. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's Jimmy Steve from Shameless. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah. And I think that the guy who plays, oh shoot, what's his name? But it's in Man from Tallahassee and it's like Anthony Cooper is going to get married to that lady and it's that lady's son who gets murdered. I think that guy was on Suits. Oh. Pretty sure. Interesting. Nathan Fillion was in this season, but we don't need to talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, how Nathan. random and what a not great choice. I'm like, does <laughs> does Ian Summerhalder count as a guest star? I mean, sure. Of, but I didn't like when he showed up. Oh. Thought it was weird. Anyway. Yeah, it was very weird. A lot of strange choices. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go back up to the top of our list here. I wanted to talk about, you know, the others. This whole season is about the others. And we get to see Dharmaville for the first time this ep- yes. uh, this season and everything. And so um, a couple, uh, we've got a couple of notes. Now, who wrote these in the doc here? I want to hear your thoughts. Oh, uh, I think that was me. All right, let's 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 hear about your uh, thoughts that you had for Ben. Yeah, so obviously we get to like, meet Ben as Ben for the first time. He is no longer Henry Gale. This is Ben leader of the others. So I guess I just wanted to talk about like everything we learn about him this season and Mm -hmm. um, his backstory, especially in Man Behind the Curtain. Like I think that gives so much depth to his character. I also, I really like that they put Man Behind the Curtain so late in the season as well. So we like have been accumulating information about him, but they don't like give us the full platter until like right at the end. That's so true. I think that was such a smart choice. I think it would have been like, I think it would have been a cheap choice to give that at the beginning of the season like if that had been 301 for example like yeah here's this guy who was lying about his identity all last season and here's who he really is like I think it's really necessary that we get that build up that so much of him is still shrouded in mystery for like so much of the season and even I mean mm-hmm. he, that man is constantly a mystery he's never not yeah. a mystery you never know what's going on inside his head but I think the the choices made with his character this season are so good and I also especially liked I always love when he's interacting with Locke um, but I especially Mm -hmm. love the way that Locke's presence kind of starts to shake like Ben's grip on the others like in terms of leadership like I think once Locke joins their like camp for a little bit I think it's really really like shattering for the others Mm -hmm. to kind of see this man directly challenging Ben's authority like I think it's just it's so good and definitely excited to see more of that in season four Hmm. and then I guess I also just wanted to talk a little bit about like how what what are we supposed to make of Ben at this point? Mm-hmm. Like after the things we saw of him in season two, all the lies that he told and the way he manipulated, like especially Jack and Locke and like now this season, uh, 
the end of the season, we see him telling Jack, like, do not let that boat come to this island. You're making a huge mistake. You'll never be able to come back from this. Like, what are we supposed to make of Ben? What is he lying about? What is his end game? Like, just wanted to to hear y'all's thoughts. Right, yeah. And like, clearly Locke agrees with Ben, at least at the very end there, where it's like, we are not supposed to to uh, contact this boat. And like, what all does Ben know about this boat that we obviously don't? Leah or Blanche, do you guys have any thoughts on Ben this season? Scary. I, just, I think I just thought he was scary. <laughs> I, I, I guess I, you start like hating Ben more and more throughout this, se- throughout this season and like you start hating him more and more and like he just becomes like he, the backstory does give him like more of a, oh, this is why you're you <laughs> um, mm-hmm. kind of thing, but it's still like, you're still even by the end of the season, you're still like, what is his, yep. what is it, or why is he doing all these things, kind yeah. of, um, so, but you're still hating him. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that, yeah, I completely agree, because, you know, when we see him in Man Behind the Curtain, you're like, wow, they got me feeling bad mm-hmm. for Ben, because he's this kid who's being abused, but then, you know, you see him grown up, and you see him kill his dad, and you're like, okay, well, I guess that was kind of deserved, but it's like, okay, but then what happened after that to make him into this right we don't get that and michael emerson plays him with it like so So unshakable Mm -hmm. that it's like that well like you said casey like when ben literally starts to shake in man behind the curtain Mm -hmm. when he's nervous then it's like such a huge deal because you know we know he's never actually met jacob yeah and And i think um i think what the writers do with his character so well especially this season with giving him backstory is they give you the knowledge of why he is the way he is but they don't say this makes everything he's doing okay right right which like i feel like so many shows do with their like quote-unquote like evil characters is like Mm -hmm. let's redeem them in a tragic backstory it's like no sometimes people are just bad you know and sometimes if you have a tragic backstory that still doesn't excuse you of what you of what you do with it you know because ben is just like well i would never want to be like my dad because he treated me so poorly yeah you know and like he doesn't treat alex the way that he was treated but he certainly isn't perfect yeah. you know it's still a cycle right yeah and he oh my god train of thought come back come back come back choo choo it's coming it's back. back it's coming <laughs> back it's it's <laughs> turning around it's oh um coming around the mountain <laughs> Um, I was just gonna say that I think like it's very important that we do get that backstory and that Mm -hmm. we do get moments where we can feel bad for him and like we can see him as like a whole human being like with sad bad experiences Mm -hmm. but I, I just really appreciate that the show doesn't tell you all right, now you should feel bad for Ben and you should think he's uh, just a tragic character with a tragic past Mm -hmm. who's trying to do his best. That man's not trying to do his best. That man is... (laughs) fully in like self-serving survival mode right i love that this show never tells you what to think like they know that everything is up to interpretation yeah they never do that with any characters they never you know like with jack they never tell you you should hate jack or you should love jack i think yeah lost is just very good about leaving the perceptions of characters up to the audience Mm -hmm. but also providing them with like enough information to make those decisions like it right it would have sucked if like we and ben for like all this stuff and then we never did see anything about his backstory anything about how he came to be like this way so i think it's important that we do get those moments 
but that we aren't told this justifies everything he does. Right. What do you guys think would have been different if he had had like at least one stable parent growing up? Mm. Oh my God. I don't think any Mm. of this would have happened. No, I completely Mm. agree. I think that everything would be different. Like any of it. That's so interesting. Cause I think there's obviously like something wrong with him though. Like Mm. this is true. Like, I feel like he has very, like, sociopathic tendencies. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes that stuff is, like, like nurture-based and sometimes it's nature-based. So I right. think there's an element of that, like, how much of Ben was influenced by his environment and how much of him is just, like, him as a person. So that's mm-hmm. a good point. Casey, you also have some notes here about Juliet. Did you want to chat about those? Yeah, I really just wanted an, excu- an excuse to talk more about Juliet. <laughs> as you should. But I think... She's like from the moment we meet her, she's such a interesting and captivating character. Mm-hmm. And I really love how we're never, at least for the first few episodes where we meet her, we're never quite sure where she stands morally and where she stands in relationship to the others versus the uh, survivors, especially in um, Left Behind and mm-hmm. One of Us, where she's like getting integrated into the camp. And then we see that, you know, she's still working for Ben, but also she hates that she's working for Ben. And I just think she's such a, a very morally gray character. And I... I kind of love that she is that way and that, you know, we're never quite sure when we first meet her, like, mm, are you like a good guy? Are you a bad guy? Mm-hmm. Like, what what are we supposed to think of you? But I do think like by the end of the season, we're meant to empathize with her and mm-hmm. see that she is a victim of her circumstances. And I think she really is trying to work to redeem herself for what she's done and try to prove herself as an asset to the survivors. And like, obviously, we'll we'll see more of that in the next season. But I think she's just such a fascinating character integration. Um, I think she is a phenomenal choice as an other for us to get to know. Like, you know, we don't really get to know a lot about our, our man Tom friendly but like (laughs) but um i think the fact that they pinpointed someone else besides ben to kind of integrate as an other into the survivor storyline i think choosing juliet was a really great choice Mm -hmm. i think there are multiple others that inject some humanity into the others because you know ben clearly doesn't have any and i think you know up until not in portland we're supposed to sort of see juliet as almost like an unfeeling kind of other robot Mm -hmm. and then her flashbacks do such a good job at humanizing her and making her into more of a full-fledged person and a full-fledged character Mm -hmm. but i also think that alex and carl really add some heart to the to the others as an alex and Carl Stan. Um, I have to have that opinion. Um, I also think that, you know, we see f- a different side of Friendly than we have in season two and season mm-hmm. one, who he's just kind of been a menacing person in the shadows. And then when we actually get to spend some time with him, he doesn't like blood. He's confused a lot. He, you know, <laughs> he's just like, he's kind of bumbling, you know, which I think is a really cool way to um, flip it on its head. And I also think another character from the others that really gives us heart, his name is Richard. Um, you yes. know, we see him have empathy for Mm. Locke you know we see him have empathy sort of for Juliet and everything and after seeing like the super soldier kind of that was Ethan and you know even in maternity leave when we saw Ethan he was still like kind of creepy you know like he was Mm -hmm. like nice to Claire but it was like kind of in an unhinged way and you know Price and Danny were both kind of very just sort of angry but so I think that there's a really good 
level and a really good array of the various sort of like others that they brought in they're not all the same and I think that that was really well done yeah I agree I think um I think the stakes were very high when like you know they kind of decided that one of the main story points of this season would be introducing these you know quote-unquote others but also like who are literally called others like how how do you even form stories for something like that how do you like integrate something other into like your main storyline and I think they did that really well and I love that they just like with everything they show you all these others who have very human very empathetic ways about them but also you know characters like Danny Pickett who are just like ruthless and will punch you and uh but even then but even with Danny and I know I just said that Danny was kind of heartless and just doing that the reason why Danny was so heartless is because he was in grief because his wife died right his wife yes yes because of Colleen so like even Mm -hmm. then it's like oh but there's like something to you I just I I love that it's not just black and white I love that it's not just this is this camp of others who have a mission that is in contrast to the survivors getting off the island like it's there's so much more to it than that mm-hmm. yeah i was thinking that we would take a real quick break but i was wondering if uh if blanche or leah have any thoughts on juliet before we take that quick break um uh, i ha- sorry you could go first okay um well that talking about juliet reminded me about another one of my favorite moments was when uh mm-hmm. son finds out that the baby is Jin's. oh oh you're totally right definitely one of my favorite moments of the season yes. <laughs> yeah that's so beautiful such a good one yeah, but, that's a really beautiful moment between those characters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Yunjin is so good in that scene. It fully makes me cry. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts on Dharmaville. Ooh, please do. Ooh. Is there going to be a spoiler section just yes. so I don't say anything? Okay, okay. So Dharmaville is one of my favorite sets from the show. I think it's mm-hmm. so cute. I have more thoughts that have to do with season five, so we can talk about that later. Sure. But I think this is the season where we really get to know who the others are as a community. I mean, like, throughout the first two seasons, they were framed as this, like, scary and mysterious lord of the flies type of community mm-hmm. and then we get to season three and we find out oh there's an actual 21st century civilization here they freaking got fridges out here yeah toilets air conditioning yeah so yeah yeah, yeah i love that i would definitely live there gotta say i went to oh same the dharmaville set when i was in <gasps> hawaii and um it's just a it's like a children's summer camp right so like the inside like the interiors that they shoot in are all like on stages or something because the houses are actually a lot smaller than they look like on on lost because they're for kids that's so cute oh they're teeny tiny yeah so they're actually a little quite small i thought but it was really exciting to be there and they have like this um like sign where you can put your head in the middle of the dharma logo (gasps) oh my god yeah it was so cute there i totally cried that's amazing what was on the inside of the houses we weren't allowed to go in oh Oh, because we we kind of we had to like go and like sign up as as like guests we had to like go and sign our names to say that we had come there because it was like a kids i don't think any kids oh. were there because it was like uh it was january or it was the end of december when we went but we did have to like go and say that we were there and everything and so oh, it was like kind sense. of an official thing gotcha i just really wanted to quickly say on that note that robin's sister callie has yes. some incredible lost portraits 
from y'all's trip out there, mm-hmm. I bought a handful. There's like the, there's Dharmaville. There's the shot of like the bamboo forest. And oh my God, Callie Ooh. got a photo of a plane flying over the forest. It's incredible. The skate waterfall, like so many amazing things. So um, check those out because they're absolutely yeah. incredible. I will add the link back in the description yeah. to this one. Yeah, they're really cool, you guys. And actually she took all of those pictures back when she was just kind of a hobbyist photographer because this was back in like 2016. So then after that, she graduated high school and she went on to uh like go to school for photography and everything. So like when you look at those, remember that she <laughs> was, hadn't even Ugh. gone to school for it yet. Um. So yeah, I'd- that's insane. They're so good. They're really, really cool. They're perfect for like a portrait and then someone says, oh, what a lovely portrait. What is that? And then you don't have to tell anybody that you're just filling your house with fandom things. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because no one needs to know. It's just, oh, it's just, this is Hawaii. That's all. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you guys should check those out and you get 10% off if you use the code LapidusAF. Oh my God, that's right. It's her favorite character. He comes in next season. Oh. So go and check those out. I'd really appreciate it if you supported her and they're all really good and really cool and I helped name them all. They're so beautiful. They're so beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, they're all named after characters. So like, obviously, I picked up Juliet. I mean, have to. (laughs) They're, yeah, they're so good. They're beautiful. I hope you guys check those out again. So we're around the halfway mark here if we count the spoilers section. So I was wondering if really quickly you guys would mind if I talked about Patreon. What's Patreon? (laughs) Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the aficionados. Um, And we've got a couple cool perks that you can get if you join. $1 a month gets you early access to every single podcast. This one comes out a whole week in advance, which seems pretty worth it to me. I cannot tell you how worth it it is. It's like, come on, you guys. A A whole week. $12 for a whole year of early access. I don't know. $2 a month gets you access to our Discord server. $5 a month gives you uh, 10% off at the place where Brittany sells cool pins and stickers, the place where I sell embroideries, including custom and some lost designs, and where Casey sells uh, fandom-inspired candles. Um, You get 10% off of all of those places at the $5 level, so that also seems like a pretty good one. Seems worth it. I don't know. (laughs) My personal favorite is the $10 level, which gives you access to our Patreon-only podcast, Okay, Love You Hi, where me, former co-host Brittany, and co-host of many other podcasts on the Aficionados Podcast Network, Sam, uh, all sit in our living room and chat about whatever we feel like it for about 45 minutes every two weeks. And yeah, so those are the, those are your options. You also get a, po- a postcard every single year. <gasps> the postcard. For being a, 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 a patron. So um, all of that seems great. Uh, Casey, you're a patron. Yeah, I am. Yes. And Blanche, <laughs> you've been a patron. I have. And I... Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Want to be a patron soon. <laughs> I would love that. I would appreciate that so much. I love being a patron. I love supporting my friends. And I am just very impatient. So getting podcasts anytime in advance is amazing. I cannot tell you how worth it it is for the podcast that we get a week in advance. The Stranger Things podcast, I get those a week ahead of everyone. That's incredible. The Discord is super fun. It is a super fun place to just talk and nerd out about like all these shows and like other shows just like anything it's so much fun i cannot recommend it enough if you are able to do so also 
the um the embroidery that you sell is so good it's so good um the dharma designs oh my god (gasps) so true i've bugged robin for custom designs so many times yeah and And i appreciate that i will always do them they're amazing thank you i um and even if you are not interested in uh any of those perks it's nice to just help the people that you think are nice people as well if you can't do that, uh, you can recommend us to a friend or you can just check out those places where we sell stuff because that's another way that you can support us and also get something really cool out of it. And so, yeah, those are uh, we'd really appreciate uh, in all aspects, um, even if all you do is just listen to this. That's also um, adding to our lives. So thank you very much. Amazing. Love it. So uh, the next one we've got here, I think we wanted to talk about Jacob was on here, but why don't we, I want to slide Jacob to the end of this, I think. So I think that makes sense. Let's do, uh, Casey, did you also write down the character deaths one? Yes, I did. Go ahead. I wanted to take some moments to reflect on uh, some of the major characters that we lost this season. Oh my gosh. When you, when you write them out like this, I'm just like, wait, that was, (laughs) there's way more than I thought. It's like, yeah, we, we lost quite a few people. Um, Obviously we lost echo at the very beginning of the season yeah. legends nikki and paolo i mean All right. may they rest in peace you know if you can rest in peace after yeah. being buried oh. alive anthony cooper we hate his guts but we sure do see him die this season bye bye sawyer that's <laughs> yeah that those that was huge it's huge there are some huge implications there like that whole it just everything with Locke and Sawyer and Anthony Cooper just all all coming to fruition and um, Anthony meeting his cathartic end. Um, Cathartic for us. Probably not for Sawyer. I think it really wrecks Sawyer. I think it's so funny. And I think I mentioned this on the finale podcast, but the fact that Locke is like, I can't kill my dad, Sawyer. Can you kill my dad? I'm just not a murderer. And then like turns around and puts a knife through Naomi's back. Yeah. It's like, I can't. I think it's so funny. I can't murder this guy who's been terrible to me, but I can murder this woman who I do not know. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And hasn't as far as I know, really, like, personally wronged me or anything. Yeah, make it make sense. We also lose, or we see the death of Roger Linus, also on the- And his body. Yeah, also on the bad Mm. dad train. Yep. But again, we, uh, we kind of get some, some big, uh, daddy issue storylines this season. Yes, as always. a lot of, uh, dead dads. Uh, Tom Friendly, may he rest in peace. Little, little football playing man. Gay icon. (laughs) Yeah. Gay Mm. icon just wanted to, you know, not kill people and stuff, but you know. I really love MC Ganey, so it, it, uh, yeah. I know that he's one of the bad guys, but (laughs) he's just, I'll miss him. He's just so charismatic. Remember when he was in Riverdale? Yes. Oh my God. Papa Poutine! (laughs) Papa Poutine! I lost my mind. (laughs) He showed up on Riverdale, played a man from Montreal named Papa Poutine. If that's not a reason to watch Riverdale, I don't know what it is. It is high camp. Everyone watch Riverdale. It's high camp. It's really bad. It's so bad and it's so good. It's so funny. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, end of the season, we lose Charlie. Like, major character from season one. But one of the best character deaths I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. yeah. and a, and a character death that reverberates throughout the rest of the series mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and um <clears throat> we'll talk more about this in the spoilers about like how these characters kind of may or may not continue to affect our characters the rest mm-hmm. of the series but i think it's fair to say that like no matter who it is lost does a very good job of making every character death very intentional um and very mm-hmm. purposeful there's yeah there's never any 
just death for the sake of death, which I'm sure we can all think of a few shows that uh, do abide by that, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's death, it's random, it's chaotic. We, we freaking know. Okay, we know. But are you subtweeting the hundred? I may or may not be Perhaps. subtweeting a certain numbered show. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I think the tell of a good television writer is how you can make an impactful character death. Mm-hmm. Because like like that that's one of your jobs. I think it's very cheap to just kill a character, like whether it's a beloved character, whether it's just a side character. I think it's really cheap to just like kill them off and and then use that as a plot device. Whereas mm-hmm. with Lost, it's always how is the plot creating the circumstances for these deaths and mm-hmm. and how will we continue to recognize the significance of those deaths, whether it's just through the end of the episode or through the end of the series, like Lost is just always so intentional. Mm-hmm. So I think that even though we we lose a lot of very iconic characters, we we do continue to see how those deaths uh, ripple out and impact the rest of the story. I completely agree. I don't really have I don't really have much to add. But I but I really appreciate this like in memoriam segment. I just <laughs> so we definitely have to do this for the rest of the of that roundtable. I was just like, oh man, we we lost some like major major players this yeah. season. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to add about that one? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It was very succinct. I think you said it all, Casey. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, it was good. Thank you. You're rest in peace. Yeah. Aww. Some right. of you. Some of you, I yeah. hope you burn in hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anthony Cooper, ha- hope you're having a great time burning. Yeah. 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 Tom Friendly, I'm kissing your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think here's where we can t- maybe talk about Jacob. So we've we heard a lot about Jacob this season and we sort of saw him, although, you know, there has been some debate in the spoiler section as to whether or not that was actually Jacob that we saw. But uh, Jacob is going to continue to be very important. I'm not sure what else to say that isn't spoilers about Jacob, <laughs> to be honest, but it's really interesting to learn that the others sort of have this like godlike deity that they seem to worship. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think by this point, I am still on the I don't think Jacob is real train. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on that train on the uh, season two roundtable. I'm still mm-hmm. on that train. Like if I know nothing about the rest of the series, I'm still on that train now. I just mm-hmm. there is so much of Ben saying this is for Jacob. We must do this for Jacob. I- Show me Jacob. Yeah, it really seems like Ben has made up Jacob. Yeah, I do not believe a word out of your mouth, Ben. And I think we also see so... We see quite clearly Ben using Jacob's name, like... in As a manipulation tactic. Yeah, as manipulation, like to clearly influence the the other's decisions and his leadership of them. Uh, I mm-hmm. think um, especially towards the end of the season, after Locke returns with Anthony Cooper's body, Ben is starting to like lose his hold on his leadership. Mm-hmm. I think we really see him starting to scramble and say, well, we must do this for Jacob. We must act now because Jacob yeah. said so. We must move our, our plans up a day because of Jacob. Like, boy, show me Jacob. So in in your mind, who is sitting in that chair that Locke saw and that the, the camera saw? <sighs> I... Mm. Or is that just like the seed of, oh, maybe Jacob is real? I, I think it's kind of a seed. It's, I'm torn between mm-hmm. it being like a seed of maybe he's real or like some sort of kind of just 
hallucination kind of mm-hmm. uh on Locke's part but we've seen lots of hallucinations on this island so that makes total sense yeah that's true and like I think that the whole scene with Ben in the cabin where he's like talking to Jacob I think it's extremely clear he's talking to no one and b- mm-hmm. by that point I'm like okay so this dude has never even seen Jacob yeah so like if anything I think maybe the first like hint we get that there could be a real Jacob is like that brief glimpse of a man in the chair but I also think it's equally possible that that's a hallucination or like Mm -hmm. something Locke is being tricked into seeing I don't know that's where I stand Mm -hmm. if I if I don't know anything about the rest of the series yeah any other Jacob thoughts the only note that I wrote down for him was a bunch of question marks (laughs) that is so fair (laughs) i think it is really interesting how they bring in jacob this episode in such a really like slight way like at the very beginning of the season it's just kind of like them saying their his name and everyone's just like what what does that even mean and and how it goes into the how it goes into the later seasons is really interesting especially on rewatch definitely this show is infinitely rewatchable yeah it's so true and i think it's um also very telling that they choose a very like biblical name Mm -hmm. and just the way that in itself is contributing so much to the lore of jacob and and who exactly he is and what he represents but it's not just a biblical name. It's also a name that's very, like, normal. That's so true, yeah. You know, it's a name that people are just using. So when they say, oh, Jacob said this, Jacob said that, when we're first hearing it, we're thinking, oh, that's just a character that we mm-hmm. haven't met yet, right. some guy, right. you know? Yeah. Is Jacob a biblical name? I think so. Yeah. I think he's, like, a... He wrote something... I, I have I have not been to um, Catholic school for 20 years, but... Okay, um, Jacob... Bible, I Google. Jacob first appears in the book of Genesis where he's described as the son of Isaac and Rebekah and the grandson of Abraham, Sarah, and Bethuel. According to the biblical account, he was the second born of Isaac's children, the elder being Jacob's fraternal twin brother, Esau. Esau. Oh. Yeah, which is interesting. Esau is how you pronounce it. <laughs> that he has a fraternal twin brother. Hmm. Yeah. What? I see. Uh, Jacob is also called Israel in the Bible. Oh. Or like renamed Israel. And oh, it's the because he's the father of the twelve tribes of Israel. Oh. Okay. Ooh. So it was a very clearly a very yeah. planned choice. Yeah. Yeah. For that yeah. name. Interesting. Yeah. Casey, I think that you put in the last note that we have here. Uh yeah. So for our last non spoiler point of topic, point of conversation, um, <laughs> Topic. topic of conversation <laughs> topic of, yeah combine those sentences um yeah. i just wanted to kind of talk about how uh the end of season three marks the like official like well technically i forget what episode marks the like halfway point of the whole series it's enter seven seven but yeah enter seven seven okay mm-hmm. but yeah but in terms of like season wise season three marks the halfway point of the series mm-hmm. so i just wanted us to kind of talk about like what do we know and what do we not know yet what um what has kind of been like poised in front of us as being the like major theme of this show if anything yet and kind of just like what do you guys at this point feel like we're working towards and like what have the first three seasons kind of set up in terms of character stories or island stories um things like that just kind of what what uh what are the major theme oh that sounds so english teachery but like (laughs) what what are the major themes of these first three chapters of this show and can you have an opening and a conclusion and a few middle bits and... Yes, and you need some some supporting arguments and um, mm-hmm. 
some topic sentences and some theses. <laughs> but I guess like just to kind of kick things off, I think especially by the end of season three, we're being told that um there's this big contention kind of between who should and shouldn't be on the island Mm. with the arrival of like naomi's boat which we now know is not penny's boat whose is it who's to say Mm. and you know ben kind of being genuinely like afraid for the first time like these people do not belong here and you know he he was never really like that with the oceanic survivors like clearly he didn't want to share his island with them but i think he also recognized that maybe there were opportunities with their presence that were presented that he could kind of take advantage of but we kind of see very clearly towards the end that like whoever is on this boat that's coming in are not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a going to be a very big turning point story wise. I think we can kind of gather that and kind of just jumping off of that. I also think like we're, we've adequately set up to kind of think of the major theme of this show as, I mean, what has always been a segment on this show, just the kind of man of science, man of faith of it all. Just, um, what do we believe and why and, you know, whose side are we on and who's Mm -hmm. kind of, who goes back and forth on sides and things like that. I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling now, but I would love to hear what uh, what you guys think. Well, I I was thinking the man of science, man of faith is a good one as well, because I think that one of the main themes of the entire show is dark and light and good and bad people but that doesn't make itself super clear until like at least season five but it's mainly a big season six thing that it really rears its head as one of the big 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 themes but i think that from here the, the biggest theme that you can tell right now is man of science man of faith or like science versus faith and that's not dark versus light good versus bad like so it's not dark versus light like good versus bad is because with man with science and faith there is no good there is no bad they're just different oh that's so true yeah you know so so uh, science and faith are like the, the big one i think another big theme of the show is redemption mm-hmm. um and yeah. getting to start over yeah i think es- but yeah so i'm excited to see how that goes i think especially with the introduction of the flash forwards and like jack's story mm-hmm. At the very end of season three, Redemption, we can kind of see, is going to take a huge, like, kind of start to take up a a Mm -hmm. huge portion of, like, the thematics of the show. Like, who are we before major events happen to us? Who are we afterwards? And how do we come back from, like, our lowest moments? And I think that another thing that goes into Dark and Light is one of the big, famous pieces of music from the show and one of the big themes, uh, which is Life and Death, Mm -hmm. I think does go into dark and light yeah also fate is a really big oh, yeah. theme especially this season with charlie oh yeah especially with charlie yeah mm. well does anybody have any last thoughts before we go into spoilers i don't think so any final statements about their thoughts on season three what a good season yeah i think it's my favorite season of the whole show mm-hmm. which is an unpopular opinion i guess it's definitely my favorite too <laughs> yeah 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 it's yeah i would say yeah Mm -hmm. oh you go ahead oh i was just gonna say that like i completely agree like i said earlier it has so many good standalones that it's like nothing beats it agreed Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a very strong season both in terms of like individual episodes and story-wise as a whole i think because 
you know, not a whole lot happens in terms of plot. Like we're introduced to the others and then this boat comes and things start to happen. And like, those are kind of the, the major points, but there's a lot of character work that's done in between all of that. And I think that's definitely like the, the strongest part of season three is what it does in terms of character arcs, like with mm-hmm. Saeed, especially Kate, we get so much more, depth to her um aside from just being this character who uh she's kate and she runs away from things like we we see a lot more depth to her as she forms relationships on the island Locke, obviously then obviously i mean all the characters and juliet yes juliet we yeah juliet as well i even though we just met her this season like when the big things happen like so for example the thing that i'm thinking about is when Locke blows up the submarine it's like, that's a big, cool action moment, but the fallout isn't as much about the action as it is about, like, how the characters feel about it. Right. Right. The emotional, like, turmoil that yeah. goes through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. um, it's a very emotionally depth season. Yeah. Depth? Deep. Deep. <laughs> emo- 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 emotional depth. Emotionally deep. Yeah. I feel think that real quick maybe we'll talk about stuff that we're excited to see and hear about in season five no or sorry in season four no spoilers obviously but uh i'm really excited to see what's on that boat mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah if it's not penny you know it's not penny who is it mm-hmm. yeah yeah I- more flash forwards Oh yeah, I um I think ending season three with the big question of like whose boat is it is like just another like what's in the hatch like I think it's it's just such a huge and like fun to ponder question for fans like especially real time like imagine. Mm -hmm watching this live and finding out at the very last moment that this is not Penny's boat. We don't know whose boat yeah. this is. And now yeah. there's just like this this ominous sense of like dread, like trying to figure out like, I'm nervous. Yes. So yeah, definitely excited to, uh, to see that and mm-hmm. uh, to see uh, who, who exactly is on there, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, who's in the flash forwards? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, because we see Jack, <gasps> yeah. we see Kate, but who's who's? It's not telling us that everybody got off. Yes, right. Hughes. Ca- we don't know. Hughes. Whose casket is that? Who's right? Fun- <gasps> whose funeral right. did Jack go to? Mm-hmm. That's like a hu- whose funeral did Kate not want to go? to? Yeah, that is such a huge question, and we don't mm-hmm. find out the answer for quite a while. Ooh, and when Kate says, "I have to go," he'll be waiting for me. Who's she talking about? Who's who's he? Right. Who's mm-hmm. to say? Mm-hmm. Oh, so many questions. Yeah. There are like so many fun, big questions that we're left to kind of ruminate on. And, and like, what on. will be the fallout for the characters of learning of Charlie's death? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. What's Claire's reaction going to be? Yeah. What's Hurley's reaction? Oh, Yeah, that's huge. That's definitely huge. Seeing people react to Charlie's death. Yeah. And also... I don't know. What will Locke do? Is Locke going to leave? Well, yeah, I was going to say with yeah. Locke, like, first of all, how did that man survive? We'll we'll find yeah. out. Right. Oh, right. With an absolutely iconic line. Iconic moment. Yes. Like <laughs> a truly mic droppable moment. Yeah. So good. How did that man get shot in a pit and- And survive. And survive. Taller ghost wall? What's the deal with that? 
Yeah. <laughs> a lot of questions. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this season within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. So thank you so much for listening to this uh, little special episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. And thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. Truly. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. Uh, and thank you so much to Brittany and Sam for hanging out. I mean, I'm in my room and they're out, out there. So thank, thank you to them for being quiet. And also thanks to my dog. He has been the least disruptive um, that I have ever seen him while I record this podcast. I was going to say, I have not. <gasps> Dale is here. I have not heard a peep. He's not in here. Oh. oh. Yeah, he's with Sam. Okay. Give him a little kiss for us. He's with his aunties. Okay, I will. He's going to have a bath later today. He is stinky right now. Oh. <laughs> Oh. If you are so inclined, please write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend. That'd be great. Yeah, if you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing and um, we're doing seasons one to three just uh, to go back to the good old days and, you know, round it out there. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. Um, check out one of our recent episodes Blanche was on, so you can check that out. And we have an episode for every single episode of Riverdale. Um, season six should be over by the time this comes out. So we have a huge backlog for you. There is one season left, so catch up. It's so sad. And if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Oh my god. Um, we have <laughs> podcasts for uh, every episode of the first three seasons. And we also have podcasts out for our thoughts on volume one and volume two. And um, episodes for season four start in 2023. I can't, I I just cannot tell you how excited I am for those. <laughs> oh my God. Season four yeah. is my favorite season of Stranger Things yet. Oh my, oh my God. Gosh. I'm so excited to hear. Love it. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. Uh, mostly Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. So check That's those true. out. It is true. Like I said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating. Um, it's expensive. It's free for you to listen to, but it's not free to make. So we'd really appreciate your uh, your help there or uh, on the places where we sell stuff or just recommend us to a friend because that's free. Thank you. Thanks. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV, which is C-A-S-E-Y-W-A-T-C-H-E-S-T-V. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and thank you so much to Blanche and Leah for joining us. Yay! You guys are amazing. Yay, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so of much. Of course. This was so much fun. All right, let's start with you, Blanche. Uh, remind everybody where they can follow you. Um, you can follow me at Blanket Juice on Instagram or at Serpent Lady on Tumblr. Again, though, I'm not very active on either. But if you want to track what I'm watching, you can follow me at Serpent Lady on Letterboxd or TV Time. Ooh. Ooh, nice. Yeah. And then, uh, Leah, your turn. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LeahHanSolo9 and on my TikTok at Leah's Disney Journey and on Spotify at LBHamstra, spelled H-A-N-S-T-R-A. Amazing. Great. So the next uh, thing you'll see on this feed is going to be our um, spoilers sections. Um, that's going to come out for the whole month of October. And then we're going to be posting about the missing pieces, which were the little webisodes that came out in between seasons three and season four. That is no guest for those, just me and Casey. Um, and then season four is going to start in uh, 2023. Can't believe it, it. We made it so far. All right, here we go. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> Stop. Stop. In the name of spoilers. 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 Yay! Yay! Spoilers!
characters. All right. So flash forward. So excited to get. We, we hardly have any flashbacks for the rest of the season or for the rest of the series. I know. Dang, that's so true. Yeah. It's mostly flash forwards and flash sideways now. Oh, it's flash crazy. sideways. Insane. Do you guys miss the flashbacks? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um... I feel like it's really fun to do something else, you know, because mm-hmm. how long can we just keep doing flashbacks? Yeah. Eventually, then... we're going to run out of stories to tell. That's so true. You're going to end up with more Stranger in a yeah. Strange Land-esque episodes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's a good yeah. point. So, um, yeah. So I'm glad that they're doing something else. It's really cool. And what they do in season five is really cool, too, which is kind of like things happening parallel to each other which is cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah really excited i think we kind of talked about it already but i mean we can talk about it in the spoilers now things we're excited to talk about in season four i cannot wait i love my freighter people mm-hmm. faraday and lapidus i love all of them i'm so yes. excited for faraday and lapidus and miles is gonna have some top-notch favorite line awards i just know it oh that's true <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's true they're so good what a what a motley crew that is yeah, we're also going to be seeing Michael on the freighter again. Oh, yes. <gasps> yeah. Yes. Um, and we also are going to have to meet, unfortunately, we need another villain, and his name is Martin Kimi. Oh, Kimi. He's the worst. Yuck. He is the worst, but I love that, like, through and through, he is just a bad dude. He's just a bad dude, but he's really fun to watch. Yeah. The actor's having a great time yeah. playing him. He's <laughs> so fun true. to watch. And it's also interesting to see a villain that Ben is against. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you're just like, wait, who am I rooting for? Mm. Am I rooting for Ben? Yikes. You know? Mm. Not necessarily something I'm excited to see, but the scene where he kills Alex. Oh. Oof. Yeah, that's a huge... I honestly, I'm gonna have to do some complaining on that episode, I think. Oh, yeah. Not... Actually, it might be the episode before, but the fact that they kill Rousseau and Carl... Yeah. Like, Carl, okay. But Rousseau, who we've had from Mm -hmm. season one, who we heard in the pilot... Right. ...gets killed in such a, a way that is so meaningless yeah you know and that's and that that's disappointing to me so i am gonna have to complain about that one i think when we get to it yeah it's really rough but definitely that and the um the death of alex is like a huge turning point for ben definitely Mm -hmm. um i'm excited to talk about the constant oh my god i cannot wait to talk about the constant i'm excited to hear the episode the other woman that's a great juliet episode yeah oh yes juliet Another fantastic finale, also a really amazing finale mm-hmm. uh, in season four that True. I'm really excited to talk about. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of it. It's a short season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the shortest season. I think it's because it was the writer's strike year. Oh, that's right. That this came out. But oh my God, what an incredible season for a writer's strike. You know, like yeah. they still ended up putting out an incredible season that only takes place over a week. That's insane. Seriously? That's the craziest part. Yeah. That's the craziest yeah. part to me. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's crazy because seasons season one was over a month. Season two over a month. Season three took place over a month. Season four takes place over a week. That's crazy. I, I think <laughs> that alone is why it feels like such a short season. It's like, oh yeah. my God, this all happens in a week. Well, it's like there's 14 episodes and I'm pr- like, okay, so it's two episodes a day. Wow. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, oh, and then Casey, I think you wrote this in. Uh, how did the deaths of major characters like Echo and Charlie continue to resonate through the end of the series? Oh, yeah. I thought that was just. Uh... Well, we we see Charlie. Yeah. Hurley, like Hurley ends up getting. And I, why can't I remember how he ended up getting this power for some reason? But like Hurley starts seeing 
dead people. He sees Charlie and then, you know, that part in, oh, yeah. I think it must be season five or something where, uh, where Hurley says, checkmate Mr. Echo, which is a huge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, huge moment. I wonder if it's, I don't remember how Hurley got that power. I don't remember. I'm going to look it up. You guys keep talking about the deaths. Well, I think Charlie is definitely like the biggest character who we've lost who we will continue to see through the end of the series i mean oh especially in the series finale my god oh my gosh i cannot watch him reunite with claire and aaron without sobbing Mm -hmm. i can't i really can't watch like any i can't watch the finale at all without sobbing (laughs) is that your favorite of the reunions in the finale i It's definitely up there, but I also really love Kate and Claire. I love that. I love that the person who brings, is it that Claire brings back or that Kate brings? No, it's that Claire. No. What? Hold on. How am I trying to phrase this? I love that what, you know, how like in the finale, every, like everyone like goes to each other and there's like this moment where like they bring back and flood back like all their memories. And I love that the moment for Claire is Kate being there for oh. the birth of Aaron. Like, I think that's so special mm-hmm. that like it's this moment between these two women as opposed to like something romantic. I just, right. I have always loved that. But yeah, that major tangent. But um, yeah. Charlie definitely continues to um impact the story like especially next season but also like through the rest of the series which I think does a lot of justice to um to his character. So I can't seem to find anything I'm I, listen the Lostpedia page for Hurley is extensive <laughs> but what I'm finding is like at some point Hurley asked Locke if Locke received superpowers from the swan explosion because he thought that Desmond had powers because I just I just control F'd power. Mm. But like going into the part where he like sees Charlie and everything, it just kind of says that he does. Um, mm. So it might just have been just something that he got after he left the island. But if anyone remembers, please let me yeah, know. Yeah, I, I do not recall specifically. Yeah. But I'm seeing something. I just Googled why does Hurley talk to dead people? And it says Good. that Jacob may have taken the form of these dead people in order to convince Hurley to go back to the island. Oh, that's true. Oh, that makes sense. But then, hmm. But then what about in um, Abiturno when he sees Isabella? Because Jacob was dead by that point. So I wonder if maybe... Oh. Maybe he can see the people, like the dead people, when he's like actually on the island. And then in like the flash forwards or flash sideways. Jacob just sends them. It was just Jacob, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, okay, yeah. That's, I mean, that makes about as much sense as, as everything else. As anything else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, I had thoughts about Dharmaville. Sure. Um, I was just gonna say, like, how much I love how it started out as, like, a prison and almost kind of creepy and mm-hmm. eventually became something so lovely. Like, that was where Sawyer and Juliet fell in love and it was mm-hmm. there and everyone else who time traveled. It was their home for, like, three years? Yeah. Yeah. It just makes me feel warm. I love that. And then, like, pretty early on in season four, they split off into Team Locke and Team Jack. Right. And at some point, I think Sawyer goes back to Dharmaville and is just kind of living there. And that's where he... Yeah, because that's where he, like, sleeps with Kate. Right. In Eggtown, I think. And, like, he goes and, like, saves Claire from that, like, the exploding building. And they literally kill off all of the randoms that are there mm-hmm. so that only we know that the main characters are there and stuff mm-hmm. but then even after he lived with Juliet in that 
you know, and then after Juliet dies at the end of season five. I'm sorry, I don't know what no. you're talking about. I know, so sorry about that. <laughs> um, I'm just making stuff up now. But Sawyer goes back and that's where MIB Locke finds Sawyer is that he's still living in that empty house with nobody else there. Oh. It's really sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love what they turn that location into like throughout mm-hmm. the series. Yeah. yeah, it was so many things. It's so nice to see something modern as well yeah i know like something familiar indoor plumbing wow what a treat air conditioning they don't have to be in the jungle all the time exactly yeah exactly all right does anybody have anything else not that i can think of although fun fact uh i have the same birthday as jj abrams Ooh, that is a fun fact (gasps) that's Um, that's incredible Absolutely. You should call him up. Recently found that out. Like, yeah. hey, do you want to celebrate that. our birthday together? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> want to like hang out? When's your birthday? Uh, June 27th. Oh, oh just happened. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. Thanks. That's amazing. I feel like, yeah, if you guys meet up for your birthday, can you be like, hey, there's this podcast that I listen to. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to talk to you. Yes. Uh, perfect. All right. Well, once again, thank you to Blanche and Leah for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was. Thank you so much for asking. Yes, of course. Um, and if you guys want to follow them, all their information will be in the descriptions. Uh, so will my information and Casey's information. Go and check that out. At The Aficionados all over the place. Patreon.com slash The Aficionados. Um, we appreciate you guys so much for listening. And um, if you got this far... Uh, we love you because it has been a long journey, but we are continuing on. We're going to freaking finish this show. Ooh, yay. Oh my God. We're do season it. Season three. I'm excited. Done. Season three checked off. We did this like, we started season three like two years ago, I think, but we, we have done it. That's insane. That's I'm very excited. <laughs> All right. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye. Hey, damn it. Bye.